Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode number 70. doing what's going on welcome to the two-year anniversary episode of the web chat and report you know i'm probably going to close this episode by saying uh, i'm really bad at doing projects these days and i wish i could get my act together and do projects but let's just take a beat here and acknowledge that two years ago on some weekend i was like i think i'm going to start a podcast and here we are two years later and i'm still doing the thing that's That's something to be proud of, I think. I I feel pretty good about that. 70 episodes? That is an average of more than one every other week for two years. Because back at the beginning, you know, I was doing them twice a week. And then, like, once a week. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. That was unsustainable. But, uh, yeah. Episode number 70, two years in. Congratulations. How you guys doing? How is your quarantine holding up? It is day number 119 for us. I made all these habits at the beginning of this, like every day in my 750 words journaling, I write down how many people in the United States and worldwide have the disease and died from it in North Carolina and Alaska and my county and I count the number of days. Do stuff with a bunch of stuff with work and revenue too. But anyway, like I, you know, I was like, oh, I'll be doing this for a few months and then this thing will peter out. Uh, because I thought we'd keep our act together with the lockdown and we didn't, but here I am at day 119, still counting all these things. I'll probably be counting them for a year at this point. I bet at least a year, probably a year more even. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Uh, I'm especially empathetic to people out there that have school age kids. I can't really imagine what a nightmare it is. And I'm, I'm sympathetic to all the educators and administrators. that got to figure out what the hell the fuck to do about this. When half the parents want to get their kid out of their house because they need to work and half the parents don't want their kid to go. Uh, I was talking to a bunch of friends about it today. It turns out a lot of, a lot of school districts seem to get like they're going to offer two choices, distance learning or in, in person. That's pretty clever. I think because you know, you got to space out the people even that are there. So Maybe that'll work. I don't know. Yeah, it's rough, man. It's a rough time out there. Uh, uh, yeah, but, you know, the uh, I just read an article today saying the Black Lives Matter protests are the largest mass protests in the history of the United States. So that is something to be proud of. That is, that is good news, I think. Uh, even though, you know, they have to protest something bad, it is exciting that so many people are motivated. They're still motivated a month later. It's it's really phenomenal. So that's 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 some good news. Uh, that's about all I got. I guess the polls are good. That's uh, another one of my daily habits. I check the polls every day. They are looking good. Too early to... Uh, you know, call anything. I was talking to my mom on the phone today. She was like, well, Trump's going to lose. And I was just like, oh, don't say it like that. Don't you understand that like jinxing, but she doesn't understand jinxing. She's science-based and she follows the data, but you know, even she recognizes he might, uh, you know, winning, losing the fair election is very different than what ends up being certified and what he actually fucking does. Right. So, but still the polls are good, man. You know, I turned off like all my messaging apps and I put it on do not disturb and the stupid computer still has to beep at me when somebody does a message. I'm going to figure out what that is. One moment. 
Uh, it was uh, Facebook opening a tab. You know, it's really annoying. There's a lot of apps that do not respect the do not disturb setting in Mac OS, like the browsers by Chrome and uh, Slack. <laughs> uh, actually, that's a good point. I should close Slack, too. It's it's a holiday here, but, uh, you know, it's a weekend. Uh, but you can't you can't be too careful with people on Slack. They, they like to bug you sometimes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, what, uh, where were we? Yes, right. Yeah, politics. Yeah. Woo. Look at the polls every day. That helps. North Carolina, our Senate race. Uh, I'm mainly about the Senate race right now because I would obviously prefer to have a non-Trump president than a Trump president regardless, but ideally we would have a non-Trump president and a Democratic Senate and House. Uh, I think the House is safe. And uh, a bunch of liberals keeping Biden on his toes. That's about the best we can hope for at this moment, which means we got to take four of like six states, um, Montana, Arizona, North Carolina, Maine, Iowa. These are the Senate races that are looking competitive. Uh, a little longer shot, Kentucky, Georgia. We've seen a few polls in Georgia where Ossoff's been up. That's pretty exciting. Texas, not conceivable, but not likely. Colorado, Hickenlooper won his primary, looking very good. Uh, yeah, I like live and breathe this stuff. Um, I don't write about it all the time in my daily posts to my friends on Facebook, but, uh, you know, the day I notice the days I do, especially to talk about coronavirus today, I was like, let's just talk about this shit. And you, I get a lot more, uh, engagement when I do talk about the travails of modern society than when I skip over them and talk about weird shit like bathwash or something. So that's heartening. People care. People want to talk about it. Uh, yeah, the internet can be a pretty toxic place. A friend of mine, a reporter, is going through a lot, of, a lot of shit on Twitter these days this last week, and so that's been really hard to watch her get so demonized and, and bullied and have her account try to be hacked and people routinely doxing her, and it's just a nightmare. But, you know, private internet can be pretty good, like locked Facebook posts, even podcasts like this. You know, that's one reason I started this thing is I felt like I needed an outlet to talk to people that was internet-based still, but not like... Uh, a format that was conducive to arguing and trolling. Uh, when I worked at Tumblr, David Carp actually was very wise about that. And he, many, many years ago, and he, he told me that he really firmly believed the design of these platforms are responsible for the level of civic discourse. And I thought that was very wise and I've thought about it ever since. So podcasts seem to work pretty well. Uh, so thank you. They're two years and uh, you guys have been great. Nobody's uh, hassled me or grieved me or trolled me or anything like that in two years uh, or even in the last few months when I started talking about politics so that's good anyway uh, kitties uh, we have our four adopted kitties or foster kitties staying in the house they're just fantastic Jane loves them they're doing well they eat a lot of food and they poop a lot and they're super manic they just jump around they throw each other on the ground they're, 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 they're like fearless in their leaps they think they're flying squirrels it's really amazing but uh, in the morning I go up there with Jane we feed the kitties we sit up there for between a half an hour an hour depending on what time she wakes up uh, it was lovely today take a little picture sometimes put them on instagram they're hard to photograph because they're so fast and they're moving around all the time but they're friendly and they come and sit with you and they purr they're always purring and it's very different than fanny like having an old cat around they just purr all the time that's probably kind of like sex right <laughs> adolescents versus 70 year olds or something 
Well, that was inappropriate. I will move on. Uh, and then uh, I've been doing a lot of gardening. The garden is really coming along. I, uh, I did a harvest this morning, watered the plants. It's going to get really hot today. It's going to get like 92. So I figured I'd give them a morning water and an afternoon water. And I, it's the weekend. So I did all the like sort of, you know, retaping and propping up. And I did the harvest and I got three big fat cucumbers. I got like 60 peppers of four different kinds. I have jalapeno peppers. I have serrano peppers. I have Thai chili peppers and cayenne peppers. I've also planted uh, shishitos, but they were a little later but from seed so they aren't ready yet uh and the tomatoes are coming in i have five different tomato varieties across like 20 tomato plants and i have enough to make a nice cucumber tomato greek salad tonight so that's pretty exciting uh, i have three holy basil plants that I, I planted from uh stems of holy basil i got at the asian food market two of them took right away and they're already huge the third one didn't uh, it grew really well in the water when I did the rooting and then it, it transferred okay to a small pot in the nursery in the in the window in the laundry room but when I put it outside it just didn't do well and uh, finally I just unpot I just pulled it out and I rotated it and then I replanted it and then it just took off so it's like two weeks behind the other one too but it is now growing really well so I'm very proud of myself for that uh, and then, you know, I just bought a grow light. I'm really like my goal. Like I'm sort of thinking about a couple things. I'm thinking about the fall growing season here. We have two growing seasons in North Carolina. So I still need to start planning for the fall growing season. I ordered a bunch of seeds today to get the stuff into seedling form so I can get outside in about a month. Uh, I've got some stuff in seedling form already. I got about six snow peas going and four more Thai basil, not holy basil, in water. And I also planted some garlic today. Watch a bunch of YouTube videos, figured out how you can do garlic from bulbs. So I've got some bulbs in water to start getting some roots. Uh, and yeah, it's exciting. And then I got a like, cool, like, sort of USB clamp on ultraviolet, four armed ultraviolet grow light. And uh, started, pl started plotting with Emma about like, you know, I have like a workbench in the garage for potting and, but it gets dirt all over the place. And I'm like, you know, I'd like to keep that space and I'll use it as the nursery and I'll stop using the one little windowsill in the laundry room. Cause that's the Southern facing one. It's the only sun place in the house to get sun all day. And, uh, then we'll move the planting station outside the potting station with the dirt. We can move it there. And she's like, okay, I think I know where I want to put that. And then I'm like, then I can move the nursery into the garage. And that means I can plant a lot more at one time. So I'll get a bunch more seeds. And so we figured all that stuff out. Like we have sort of like a short term, then like a medium term plan. Ultimately someday when we have the money, I want, we want to make a pool, put a pool in, but then along with the pool, I want to put like some, some garden beds that are inside protected from the deer and also have their own water right like sort of the hoses with holes in them that i can irrigate so i can do like proper garden stuff but uh you know that's like five years down the road and of course like this year i'm really into gardening but last year i wasn't because of my travel schedule and what's my travel schedule going to be like next year so it's sort of like there's like low medium and high options a low option is just sort of to like get that planting bench outside so i can do some nursery stuff and spend like 40 dollars on like a hose to water the plants on the porch and also fix the faucet on the porch because it's lakey so we can't leave it on so i couldn't use the timed hose and then and, uh, you know, the other thing is like, I'm thinking a lot about the dirt because it's like, I bought all my dirt in bags from like Lowe's and Walmart. And I don't want to do that. It's like, it seems like bad for the environment with the carbon costs of having them all transferred. And I was like, I, you know, we, we don't compost, but we have a garbage disposal on a septic system, which is considered a total no, no, but it works really well. Trust me. It's fine. 
if you get your septic system checked all the time and you don't, and you have a big enough system for the number of people in the house, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it works. And you know, so our conscience is clear on the recycling of our, of our stuff. It composts our lawn, but like, uh, you know, I want dirt. I want dirt that I don't have to like get shipped to me. And she's like, well, we could do that, but you know, like local dirt from like the farmers or you, you buy compost and then reuse the dirt. So we're trying to figure that out as well. But, uh, yeah, man, the garden's coming along. I feel good about it. I hope next year I don't have to travel so much that I can't garden. Emma doesn't really like watering the garden, so I'm like, well, if I could get, the, like, the drip irrigation going, even on the porch, then it wouldn't matter. Like, they'd get watered while I was in New York, and then I would do all my harvesting and pruning and stuff on the weekends like I do now. So that's probably what we'll do in the short term. And then there's, like, a medium term of raised beds or something like that. But with the deer, it's hard. you got to do all the chicken wire, and then you got to water them and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, figuring it out. We're figuring it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. let's see. Emma is mostly done with her insane work routine. She worked 300 hours in June, helping, assisting with the launch of Peacock. It hasn't launched yet, but uh, she did a ton of work on it and for it, for it, not on it. And uh, it was crazy, man. She just like was uh, working like 80 hours a week for a month. And, you know, so that means more time, more bedtimes alone for me and Jane, more walks alone, more dinners alone. Uh, it was nice. I, I can't say it was unpleasant. I mean, I was definitely getting a little tired. Uh, she's only been sort of off the work schedule for like three or four days now. So she's still unwinding. But uh, man, it was, it was a very different world with her working 80 hours a week. <laughs> I was watching TV by myself every night and everything. But it was cool. It was fun. And, you know, we'll be happy to get the money someday when they finally pay. That'll be nice. And what else? Oh, I put my whole budget into Quicken. That was very exciting. I used to use Mint, but it kind of sucked. And Quicken has, like, a Mac OS version. And, I, you know, I've been really obsessing about, like, spending less money in quarantine and not, like, shopping too much. And I've been tracking it. But I've only been tracking it by, like, paying down the credit card every two weeks when I get my paycheck and, like, just looking at the total overall amount. But then we've been donating more to charity. And I was like, well, that's not really fair. That doesn't count. And what am I spending without that? And, you know, what about grocery? versus when we used to get out all the time and I was like I need a budgeting software I'm just gonna like do it and so I just spent some time and I got it all into Quicken and now it's super fun every morning I just refresh them all and I categorize my expenses uh it's you know I've only been doing it for like a week or two so it's not like it saved me a bunch of money yet in fact I lost money because I bought Quicken but uh <laughs> I really like it I'm into it it's pretty satisfying you know so I got these like you know my little daily routine in the morning like I write my Facebook post and post a mix to friends I do my 750 words uh, I look at all the daily polls uh, I do my Quicken uh, what else do I do I don't know I got a bunch of little tabs open I check each one of them read the news you know, try to get all that done. Breakfast with Jane, feed the kitties, try and get all that done. Watch a little bit of the civil live stream. I do all that before work starts. So, you know, I'm pretty hardcore. I'm a morning person now. It's a good time. It's a good time. Jane is doing good. <laughs> I know she's doing good because she's learned to say Jane is happy. And she just kind of sits there sometimes, looks at you and goes, Jane is happy. And you're like, oh, that's so adorable. And uh, <laughs> the new one is now I'm trying to get her to say, I have pooped. <laughs> when she's pooped because she'll disappear we'll be, she'll be sitting on my lap in the morning when I'm working and writing those Facebook posts before work and uh, then she'll just slide off my lap and wander away for 10 minutes and she'll come back and be like did you poop and she's like no and then I check and she's pooped I'm like well, you didn't you just lied to me why did you do that if I say did you poop and you pooped you have to say I have pooped and she's like I have pooped I'm like did you poop she's like I have pooped I'm like yes let's try that again 
And then the next day we try and she doesn't do it. But I'm on my third day. I'm making progress. Uh, I'm going to get her to announce that she's pooped. Because uh, Lord knows we can't get her to potty train yet. We can't get her to care about toilets at all. So, you know, at least come tell me when it's happened. That's a start, right? Uh, and she's forming, like, complex sentences. It's pretty cool. Like, yesterday she announced Mommy and Daddy and Jane are going to see the kitties. And that was really nice. Something just made a really weird sound. I don't know what that was. We won't worry about it. Uh, anyway, yeah, so she's really good. She's basically conversational. Most of the time, you know, when she throws a tantrum, you know what it's about. She still throws them. Like, change different pajama shirt. And I'm like, why? You picked this one. Okay, we'll change it. Uh, but, you know, she, it doesn't mean she doesn't throw up uh, a tantrum, but it's very rare now that I don't know what the tantrum's about. And uh, honestly, most of the time, it's because, like, she doesn't know we... So, like, I read her this book every night, and she changes her mind about whether I need to read it to her or she needs to read it to me. And, you know, you run your finger along with the words when you're reading to her. And some days she likes to do it all, run her finger and run the, read the words. And some days she wants me to do it all, run my finger along the words and read the words. But some days she wants her to run their finger along and me to read the words. And she can't say, it's weird, she can say, Daddy and Jane are going to see the kitties, but she can't say, Daddy and Jane read the book. So it's like tenses or something, maybe? I don't know. But she's getting there. She's getting there. Yeah, it's pleasant. She's she's pleasant. Uh, it's I really like her right now. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And thank God because in the last two weeks I've spent a lot of time with that kid. <laughs> so many Rick and Jane alone bedtimes. It's been out of control. Uh, and then you know I think I've mentioned this before, but I write her a letter once a month. I'll be doing it until she's like twenty, I think. I don't know. Uh, so I wrote that this week, and you know, tell her how she's doing. I try to write it all down so that I don't forget it. Uh, so you know, she turned what two years, eight months, I think. Yeah, two years, eight months. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty good. I got like thirty-two of these letters already, and you know, I remember like a few months ago, I went back and read some of the early stuff, especially when Emma was pregnant and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my god. I don't remember any of this, so it's already working. It's good to have it written down. Okay, media projects. Um, yeah, let's see. I ripped four Blu-ray, 4K Blu-rays. Uh, John Wick one, two, and three. <laughs> they had them at Walmart when I was grocery shopping. They're usually like twelve bucks. I'm like, all right. So for three weeks, I, I bought one each week, and I was like, I wonder if somebody else is going to buy this because there's only one copy. And it happened with the Matrix. Somebody bought the Matrix one. It was like ten dollars, and sitting there at 4K or Matrix two and three. But I'm like, ah, I agree with that other dude. Just buy the first one. I'm like, why can't they have another copy of the first one? So I was really worried that was going to happen with the John Wick movies, but it didn't. So last across the last three weeks of grocery shopping, I've bought each one and ripped it to Blu-ray or 4K into Plex. Uh, and then they also had this new release of Apocalypse Now, which is just amazing. It's six discs. It's um, 4K. It's called the Final Cut. It's the final cut. It's the third cut of Apocalypse Now. There's the 1979 original theatrical edition. And then about 10 years ago, he did, he, uh, it's called Redux. It was sort of the first director's cut. But, and that was really long. But then he took out like five, 10 minutes of it. And now he's like, this is my favorite cut. And he, he premiered it at the Tribeca Film Festival for its 30th anniversary. Is that right? 89, 99, 2000? No, 40th anniversary in, in 2019, last year. And now it's out on Blu-ray uh, 4K. And so it's got the final cut 4K and regular HD. And it's got the original theatrical edition 4K and regular HD. And then it's got two discs of extras, including the entire Hearts of Darkness documentary. Uh, I already had up in Plex the Apocalypse Now Redux in HD. I don't think that's come out in 4K yet. But um, 
Yeah, so if you're an Apocalypse Now fan, man, I got three different versions of that movie in five different resolutions with all the extra footage and the Hearts of Darkness documentary up there. So drop me a line and you can uh, get on that. And then I got Rocket Man. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, it's uh, up there in 4K. So if you want it, it's there. And then from Netflix, uh, let's see. We talked about Girl from Monday, one of the Hal Hartley films. That It's up there. I did that this week. Uh, just did yesterday, X-Men Dark Phoenix. I'm going to probably watch that this weekend after we watch... Uh, Hamilton, because that'll be kind of coming out this week on the Disney Plus, and uh, I've never seen Hamilton. There, I said it. And Pain and Glory, the uh, last Almodovar film, is up there as well. Those are just HD, not in 4K. And then, let's see, I also added up into Plex uh, Kids in the Hall Brain Candy, because I was talking to my friend Andy Shea, and he's like, that movie is nowhere on the internet. Like, you can't stream it from anywhere. What the hell? And I was like, oh, it's probably racist, and they're probably embarrassing. He's like, no, man, I remember it pretty well. I don't think there's anything problematic in it. So I found it and downloaded it and put it up there in Plex, and he rewatched it, and he's like, it's still really good, and it's not problematic. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch that soon. And then I was talking to some other friends about the Andrew Nichol film, Sim 1, because there's some film coming out with like an AI actress. And I was like, well, didn't they do this with Sim 1? I was like, oh, that was a little bit different. A human woman played an AI actress that sort of presaged this new one. But I was like, wow, I haven't seen that since I think the premiere at the Toronto Film Festival. So, yeah, let's download that. And then... Uh, <laughs> some other weird ones wide sargasso see the first version of that film because it has rachel ward in it and i was thinking about it and i think annie and i went to see it in the theater when it came out or something like that i had seen it before so i was like i hadn't thought about that film in years and i was like i'm gonna download wide sargasso see and same thing talking to some friends on zoom about dreamscape and i hadn't seen that in a long time so i downloaded dreamscape as well <laughs> But the big thing is I'm working on the family photo stuff. Uh, my uncle sent me 800 slides of my grandfather's and my grandmother's. My grandmother passed away before I was born. And uh, my grandfather, I went to his funeral. Uh, I think it was like 96, 95. No, it was 94 or 5. No, it was like 96 or 97 because I was working at Ernst & Young and it was after the Cindy talked to her and I had been at Ernst & Young for like a year. My grandfather died at the same time. My friend Val Mulford was in Seattle. My grandfather lived in Portland and she was dying of osteosarcoma. So I just kind of bailed on work. I did a really millennial thing. I didn't really bail. I just told them I'm using all my vacation time and uh, if it goes over, I'm staying there until it's all done and they can just not pay me. And they did actually. They ended up being very good about it and I did go back to the job. But uh, I stayed in, out in Seattle went to my grandfather's funeral when I went up in Portland and then I went up to Seattle and I stayed there for like two or three weeks and then he went down to Portland and I flew home and I got really sick and it was really bad but uh why am I saying all this? Oh, yeah. So, you know, my grandfather, you know, all, all these slides of my dad's childhood, all their old trips, crazy Alaskan stuff. I don't have them back yet. I sent them off to this new scanning place. Uh, they're not actually new. I, I, they did my dad's slides about eight years ago, but um, I haven't used them. I didn't use them for the stuff with my mom, the Kodak stuff, because uh, the Kodak scanning box you can mix and match and it like you just throw it all in a box and they take care of it but this was all slides and dig my picks they're called or focus on slides and i'd used them before and i trust them so i use them and they're faster than kodak and they're cheaper than kodak and they this is the cool thing so today they're like we got your box and here's a link and as we scan them they will just show up in this link so you don't have to wait for all of them they just start showing up as they do it that's amazing it seems so obvious but like it never occurred to me right so I think in the next few days, I'll start seeing all these slides from my grandfather. It should be really amazing. And I ordered a bunch of like boxes from Adorama, two storage boxes for a thousand slides because I got the ones from my my mom from before this and then all these ones Jack gave me. He wants like a like, hundred of them back, but basically most of the rest of them, he's like, I'll take the scans and you can keep them. 
So yeah, after that, and then skip my mom's brother, the other side of the family is sending me some stuff, but, uh, I'm going to start making like photo books. Like, I don't know if Skip's stuff will be included. Depends on when he sends it. But the plan is to basically make photo books for different sort of people and family branches, right? Like a mom childhood photo book, a dad childhood photo book, sort of two photo books of my mom and dad when they were together, like one when we were kids and one since we've both left the house. And then like a Lucas photo book, which is my dad's side of the family. They're Lucas Webbs. Lucas is my grandmother's maiden name. And then like a Coglin photo book, which is my mom's side of the family of sort of the ancestors of each one of those. And then sort of print out like, you know, I mean, using shutterfly and it's pretty cheap it's like 20 bucks a photo book and i'll just send like each family member for christmas like the appropriate photo books right so i'll send my mom all of them and my sister all of them and i'll send jack like the lucas one and you know like stuff like that so uh, everybody will have them the photos are all online they're in dropbox they have the links but only jackson is really sort of gets to the dropbox thing so they're there if they want them digitally but i just figure everybody can have these sort of books and i, I annotate them the best i can I label the people and uh yeah so that's going the first photo book test I made this week and it shipped so it should be here in the next day or two anyway I'm very excited about it I know it's like basically like I'm a housewife and I'm doing scrapbooking or something literally since I bought three scrapbooking boxes to take the family box and turn it into like a mom and dad box a sister box and a previous generations box but I like it. It's keeping me sane and anything that keeps you sane in this day and age, you should do it. It might be argued that it is keeping me from doing a more substantial project like book writing, but I'm 90% sure that it is keeping me from just playing civilization and I'm still incapable of writing a book right now because my brain is not there. So yeah, we're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with it. I got some energy to get in to do some stuff. So fuck it. Right. Progress. All the things you wish you had time to do, just do when you have infinite time now. <laughs> all right, let's see. What else we got? Yeah, that's all that. That's all that. That's all. all right, yeah. So, media, music, discons. All right. <clears throat> Listen to my noisy chair. I ordered a new chair, but it's not going to be here for another month and a half. So, we'll just have to endure in the meantime. Uh, discogs. Let's see. I sold the rest of New Order, double CD. Actually, I think it's a triple CD. It was like a rare special edition. The guy had emailed ahead and was like, do you have the rare special edition or is it miscatalogued? And I was like, oh, I guess I do. Yeah, uh, it's not miscatalogued. So it sold that. And then on a different order, I sold three other special edition New Order, the collector's edition, two CD sets of Brotherhood, Movement, and Technique. A little sad to see those go. I remember buying them all in yeah, when I lived in Soho, but uh, you know what? That's cool. I have the vinyl of all of them. Actually, oof, just saying that. I'm not 100% sure I have the vinyl of Technique. That makes me nervous. I'm going to have to check. Uh, I sold a Wesley Willis CD, Rush Hour, uh, and I had forgotten all about a Wesley Willis, so I gave that a listen, and then I listened to the greatest hits of Wesley Willis back-to-back. That's a lot of Wesley Willis, but the guy was pretty, you know, it was fun to listen to. I would say give, like, 45 minutes of an hour to Wesley Willis, and then you're good. <laughs> but it really cracks me up. Uh, and I don't think I knew this from back in the day, but he's actually very good, was a very good artist, and his drawings are really interesting, and I tried to find some. There's one original one signed on eBay for, like, 1600 bucks, but that's, you know, out of my price range. Uh, so, you know, I just say, sort of saved some nice high-res scans off the internet and made some desktop patterns out of them. Uh, I got a little Wesley Wills kick for like a day over the last two weeks. It was pretty, it was pretty fun. And then I sold the Current 93 CD, Thunder Perfect Mind, fine with me. I like Current 93, but I don't need doing that stuff anymore. I, that's my favorite Current 93 album, though. That's like Before and Beyond the Blue Gates of Death, I think, is on there. Yeah, that's a good one. 
and then I sold two Fuchsia CDs, F-U-X-A, Space Rock Band out of Michigan. Used to be friends with them, actually. They're they pretty good dudes. My roommate, Mike Anderson, was really good friends with them. Uh, Ryan Anderson, Randall and Ryan, Ryan Anderson, Mike Anderson, two different Andersons, unrelated. And they, they played at our house. We had a 4th of July party in 97, I think, maybe 98, uh, in Lower Alston, Massachusetts. And Fuchsia played at our house. So did Nick, my friend Nick Ladadio's band, actually. It was a great day. Great day. Cops came, almost shut it down. Stealth bomber flew overhead, all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I sold three field rotation and very well organized. Sad to see him go, but I ripped them. Uh, it's fine. I have a lot of fuchsia seven inches too. So I actually, I should pull those out and rip those. Uh, and then just today I haven't sold it yet. And so maybe this is premature, but a guy called me or he messaged me and asked if my wedding present hit parade three was the rare version with the mispressing where it's brass neck instead of box elder on track five with the only one at sign on the matrix run out. And I was like, Oh God, I probably miscategorized this, but it turns out I didn't. And I did in fact have the rare one. I told him it was good to go. So I don't know if he's going to buy it or not, but, uh, you know, I'll just tell you all about it now just in case he does. On uh, vinyl, I only got one piece of vinyl in, and it was the the Caribou album, uh, Suddenly, the last Caribou album. I really liked it. Uh, I was making a different order from Merge for the new Lou Barlow 15-year anniversary of Emo, and that didn't ship yet, but I clicked the ship separately button, I guess, so they shipped the Caribou album to me. So that was nice. I've bought a ton of vinyl lately, uh, more than I should have, actually. It's kind of makes me nervous, except for it's all paid for because I paid the credit card bill off, and it was actually a very low-budget credit card period, so I feel okay about it. I was like, 50% under budget, but it feels like about a lot of vinyl. It feels like there's a lot of stuff I'm waiting on. So I think there'll be some good presents coming in the future. It should be kind of fun. Uh, but I have listened to a ton of music in the last two weeks, uh, a ton of new music. I mean, it's just, it's a lot guys. It's a lot. I think the last time we talked, I listened to like f maybe 10 albums and that's about it. And I was really listening to a lot of old stuff on repeat, but this time, whew, boy. All right. I'll try and do quick reviews of the whole thing. <laughs> one old one I've been listening to a lot in the last two days is Peter Paul and mommy, the children's album by Peter Paul and Mary. Uh, I grew up on it. I probably hadn't listened to it in over 40 years and I sort of got to remember every word. It's crazy. Just talked to my mom about it today. <laughs> she was like, well, you know, that puff, the magic dragon song is about drugs. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. But the rest of the album's not. She's like, that's true. She's like, you love that album. We, you know, we would drive around in our 74 Dodge dart with an eight track player and that was the only thing you would listen to. And I vividly remember that. So that was nice. Uh, Paul Rodriguez, listener of the podcast, recommended the new Salt album to me, S-A-U-L-T. I didn't know about it. I uh, had mentioned the old one about nine months ago, a year ago on the podcast, and I didn't realize there was a new one. So thank you for that, Paul. Uh, it's called Untitled, parenthetical Black Is, and it's an album about being black, and it's fucking awesome, and it's a great record, and Salt is a great band. I don't know anything about them. Now that it's two albums in a row that I really liked, I probably need to like Google them and learn something about them, but it's it's fucking fantastic record. Uh, there's a new Phoebe Bridgers. I liked it a lot. It sounds amazing. It, it, it really hits all my buttons, but it doesn't quite. It's called Punisher. I don't think I love it quite as much as the last one or the one she did with Connor Oberst, but it is very good. Uh, I've listened to that a bunch. And then, um, <laughs> this is a weird story. So I was on a Zoom with some friends two weeks ago, I think, and we were talking about Gold Frap and uh, the guy in Gold Frap, Will Gregory, and Sean was like, I know more and more from, from tears for fears work. And I was like, yeah, what, are, what else will Gregory's worked on? And I was looking at his, his sort of discography page on Wikipedia. And it was like, he worked for this guy moon dog. And I was like, I don't know who's moon dog aside from the dude in the, the harmony Corinne film, right? <laughs> Beach bum. And uh, so I clicked on moon dog and I was like, this guy looks interesting. And then I started listening to all these moon dog records, more oh, two moon dog records, more moon dog and the story of moon dog. 
And uh, I was like, this guy's fun. I'm into it. And then since then, two weird things have happened. One, there's been a big story somewhere in, I think it was the Times, maybe it was the Atlantic, that was like, Moondog is the sound of New York in the 70s. And then my friend Gareth out in San Francisco was like, you got to listen to this Moondog guy. I was like, what the hell? This is so weird. How is all of a sudden everybody talking about Moondog? Uh, I just found it from a Will Gregory Wikipedia page. But uh, Moondog's in the air, man. Go listen to some Moondog. That guy was pretty cool. Uh, and then that same Zoom call, my friend Dog and my friend Nick were talking about Judy Sill, who I'd never heard of. Apparently, she dated David Geffen at one point. That seems weird. But um, she had two albums, and then she sort of disappeared. And so I listened to the Rhino sort of retrospective High Five Judy, and then I listened to self-titled Judy Sill, and I enjoyed it very much. So I could see why those two really like Judy Sill. That was fun. Uh, and then my friend Ben Palmer sent me a playlist by Fever Ray on Spotify that's really, really good. I mean, I swear to God, I've heard of maybe one in ten of the bands. And I'm only like a third of the way listening to it. But one band that I got off of there right away was this band Crack Cloud. And they're awesome. They have an album called Crack Cloud, self-titled, and I strongly recommend it. It's like noisy punk, maybe like the fall, a little bit more musical. Uh, I think they're German. I'm not sure, but it's it's awesome. I'm super into Crack Cloud now. And then uh, I listened to the new Neil Young, the old new Neil Young. My friend Catherine out in Marfa said, everybody in the new Neil Young is pretty good on our, our group message. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I listened to it. And it was pretty good. I really enjoy it. It's called Homegrown. It's solid. Give it a listen. And then Gareth out in San Francisco is like, you should listen to this if you like. Uh, I can't remember what if he said if you like. But he said, if you like them, you should listen to Nagama- Nagamsu. Nagamatsu, Nagam, Nagamatsu, I can't pronounce it, but uh, there's a Japanese synth band, and I listened to two albums of theirs, Shattered Days and Above the Noise. It's almost synth pop, a little bit of like a Prince Horn dance, Prince Horn, uh, Prince Horn, what are they called? Prince Horn Dance Society, Prince Horn Dance something studio. I really like them, but anyway, you know, a little bit more sparse ambient than straight up synth pop, but it's synth driven, uh, kind of like Xeno and Oaklander maybe, or hate rock. Uh, but yeah, they're great. I was really into them. Uh, and then I listened to sort of Andy Bell from Ride's uh, sort of electronic ambient side project called Glock, G-L-O-K. He has a new album out called Dissident. That was fun, pleasant, you know, kind of lightweight, but good. Uh, and then I was at the grocery store and I was sort of walking around and they played Celebration by Cool of the Gang. And I was singing along and this other guy was singing along. And I came home and I was like, I need to listen to a lot of Cool in the Gang right now. So I listened to Celebrate the Best of Cool of the Gang and Everything's Cool in the Gang. <laughs> it was really fun. Cool in the Gang had a lot of albums, let me tell you. Uh, and then I was listening, I was driving home from that grocery run and uh, an old Esme Patterson song came on my Spotify and I was like, oh yeah, Esme, I wonder what she's been up to. It's been like three years. So I went and looked and she had a new ish album. I think it's probably from last year. It's called there will come soft rains. And I was like, this is really good. I like Esme Patterson. It's as good as the other one. So I recommend that. Then I was reading about Esme Patterson, and it turned out she used to be in this band called Paper Bird. So I was like, well, I got to check them out. So I listened to their self-titled album. It's called Paper Bird. Uh, there's like 10 people in that band. So it's sort of like singer-songwriter Esme Patterson meets like big arcade fire style band. But uh, it's good. I think I like her better solo. But uh, it's, it's worth a listen once. I do not regret my time on the Paper Bird self-titled album. Then the New Japan Droids live album came out, Massey Fucking Hall. I haven't got my vinyl copy. I bought it, but it came with download cards, so I was listening to that. It's great. Uh, Arc of Bar, especially on there, is really good. It's like six-minute version, and Arc of Bar on the on the album it was on the last album near to the wild heart of life was a little little draggy but they worked it out and it's awesome live and it's nice to listen to japan droids live you know it's different than the studio stuff it's like 
beefier and it's faster and it's rawer and it's 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 a little bit you know like noisier and uh it's good it sounds good give give massey fucking hall a listen and then there's a new act on Ghostly named uh, called Patricia, except for I think it's a dude. Uh, album's called Maxi Boy. I gave it one listen. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it started some tracks, but it needs another listen. I'm working backwards now. So a lot of these albums uh, towards the end of this list, I've listened to more than the albums at the beginning of this list because I got I just, a lot of it was on there. And now I'm like sort of clearing it out and starring tracks, and I'm, but I'm working backwards. So, yeah, some of these in the middle I've only listened to once or twice. Uh, and then Aerogram, I told you about them, and then they became uh, something dust and uh, motive dust, a motive dust, and then that guy went on and he became churches. And so I uh, listened to another Aerogram album, Seclusion, really liked that. Good Scottish post rock shoegaze. Uh, and then there's a new album by Hum. Whew. Sorry, man, I'm really rushing through these, but there's a lot of them. Hum, you may remember, had that really great song, Stars, probably 25 years ago. She thinks she missed the train to Mars. She's out back counting stars. And then like four or five years ago when I was working at Tumblr, I was walking down the street at South by Southwest to go see Annie Werner at a bar. And there was a flyer on the wall on a pole and it said, Hum is playing. And I was like, well, I got to go to that tonight. So I got to see Hum again like four or five years ago. That was pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, they got a new album. It's called Inlet and it's pretty great. They sound like kind of like Hum, like sort of uh, at the drive-in-y, not at the drive-in-y. Uh, trail of Daddy, like noisy, dirgy metal, but not, but a little post rocky, not too grindy, a little melodic. It's solid. I'm, I like the new Hum record. And then I found out this week that an old friend of mine, Mark Orleans, had killed himself this week. Mark and I, I've known Mark for almost 30 years. We were never super close. Um, I met him back when he was in a band called Juno, but before that he was in this band called Spore on Tang Records with uh, Mo Elliott, who went on to do Victory at Sea, and another guy that went on to start 27 and then joined ISIS. And I remember, I think they were playing with Turkish Delight, who was on our label back then, and it was at the Middle East upstairs, and I didn't know Spore, and I, I was watching Spore, and I was watching Mark, and he was playing the guitar, and he was riding this wah pedal while doing this solo, and I was like just blown away i was like that guy is the most amazing guitarist i've ever seen i am in awe and uh then you know juno came around and juno were friends with bright and i was friends with bright and we you know i was in rockets by that point so we play shows with them and i got to know mark a little bit uh but then my sister started dating a guy from bright paul and so then she became even better friends with mark and then val paul and mark all eventually joined this band called sunburn hand of the man and that was when my sister and i were pretty close we were both living in boston so i'd see a lot of her and i'd see sunburn play a lot and i'd see a lot of mark and then the weird thing was like Mark and I basically kind of like moved to New York at around the same time. And I ran into him in New York weirdly at my house. He like showed up to do a, like a film project there. And I was like, Oh, it's Mark. And, and then he was in Williamsburg when I was in Williamsburg and he got really into like, you know, lap steel and blues, bluegrass. And he played in the, the Bedford T station, T station, Bedford subway stop, Bedford L stop. God, my God. Uh, so if you've ever lived in Williamsburg and, and knew the Bedford stop and see that cool guy playing like a lap steel down there playing bluegrass, that was Mark. Mark. 
Uh, and then he was a band with Kit Malone from TV on the radio. He's just an amazing guy. And it was really, really sad. And it was really upsetting. And like people keep dying and it's a real bummer. So I went back and I started at Spore and I listened to the first two Spore albums. Obviously I've heard them a bunch, but not in years. Uh, and then I was talking to my friend Andy Shea about it. Actually, so I posted on Facebook about Spore, and then Andy was like, oh my god, I loved this band. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know they were boss. And, and so he started listening to Spore again, and we, it's just like, oh, it's sad, man. So, been on a big Mark Orleans kick this week. That was a bit of a bit of a sad thing. So, you know. Anyway, uh, I guess uh, no real good transition there, so we'll just move on. Uh, my friend Charlie Hoey up in Boston put out an album he sent an email out to his friends is uh, the band is called housewife and hard drives it's like i guess like him and a group of friends he said that like they get together every once in a while they've been working on this album sporadically across four years and it's called dubious and it was really fun i really enjoyed it it's on spotify hardwives and housewives and hard drives uh it's cool I, I, that'd be cool to have a group of friends that you do that i mean we see each other my group of friends and we have musical instruments around and sometimes we jam but we never really have methodically worked on an album across those years we probably should have uh, and then also not new, but I was like, uh, watching Chris Ewan DJ on Twitch last Friday night. He's, uh, the old DJ in Boston that I've been dancing to for most of my adult life at Man Ray, then TT's heroes ceremony, all that stuff. And, uh, later in his life, <laughs> later in his life, since I've known him, he joined, he helped found and has been in on and off, but is currently in again, the magnetic fields. And, uh, also he's got a band called the future Bible heroes and, Another band, uh, <laughs> so many bands called Hidden Variable that I really, really love with another friend of mine named Steve. But uh, his first band was called Figures on a Beach. And so Figures on a Beach, like when I was back in Alaska, I went to BU for one year, 1990 to 91. And then I went back to Alaska because I fell in love with a girl. And I stayed there for the summer and the fall semester. And I would go to UAF and I transferred credits back and forth. And uh, there would be these dances at UAF. And I'd go with like my friend Lily and Chris George. And there was this girl at these dances. I was just in love with her. her name was Patrice. I don't know anything about her, but man, I was in love with her. And uh, I don't even remember who DJ these dances. Uncharacteristically, it wasn't one of my DJ dance Fairbanks friends like Matt or something like that. It was somebody I didn't even really know, I think. But the dances were great, and they always played Figures on a Beach. They played Accidentally Fourth Street Gloria at those dances. And I had been to Man Ray a bunch already, but I didn't really know Chris yet. And I went back to Boston, and then Figures on a Beach were playing all the time. And I went to see him, and I was like, oh, this is that DJ guy. Uh, and it was probably, like, another, like, year before we became friends, thanks to my friend Catherine. But, uh, you know, I was, like, watching him play, doing this Twitch DJ set, and I was like, I haven't listened to Figures on a Beach in years. So I went back and listened to both Figures on a Beach albums, and it was just great. It really took me back. I'm, I'm, you know, they moved to Boston together. Anthony, the singer, he's still in Boston, too. And they, he, Anthony has showed up at, like, future Bible Hero shows and done songs with them and stuff like that. So, you know, it's all very cool. But I hadn't listened to, actually figures on a beach in 20 years except for the hit Acc accidentally fourth string gloria sing sweetly out of key it's a great song anyway listen to that and then chris played uh this single by this band turquoise days on his dj set and i knew the single a little bit but i never really gave turquoise days a whole chance so i listened to their old album old old minimalist synth band from england uh actually sounds a lot like that nagamatsu band we were talking about <laughs> sort of sparsely ambient dancey synth music called alternative strategies and that was a great record man that was like i wish i knew more about them for all these years that was solid 
Then I listened to Bob Dylan, Rough and Rowdy Ways, uh, very enjoyable. Started three or four tracks. Uh, the one, the 15 minute song that's already been out about uh, JFK is definitely the best song on there. But there's some other really good ones on there. It was solid. It's definitely a solid outing from Bob Dylan. So good for him. Uh, sixth decade that he's had a top 40 album in. That's pretty insane, isn't it? And then there's a new Novaler album. So I can't remember. Novaler opened for somebody since I've lived here at Cat's Cradle. And I was like, she's awesome. It might have been Japan Droids, actually. Or it might have been super drunk i don't remember she opened for somebody i could go look it up but i'm not going to uh and uh she's also known as do the woman that did all the sort of ambient guitar noisy melodic stuff in the background of the last Iggy pop album but she's got a new album of her own and it's called arrow and it's great and i really like Novaler. it's heavy looping guitar one person making like a symphony out of guitar and pedals kind of thing i'm always really into that so that that came out this week and it's really really good as well and then I just listened to a ton of singles too. And I don't usually do singles, but like there's been some really good ones this week. There's a new Jason Molina single. I mean, Jason Molina's passed away, but they're putting out an album of some unreleased material. The single's called Missions End. It's really great. Uh, listen to this woman, Loren. Uh, that was really great. I don't know much about her. I just saw a photo on like the labels page. And I was like, she looks cool. I'll listen to that. She's a French singer songwriter, I think. She, or maybe Chemical. I'm not sure. But uh, it was really great. If I had wings, I gave the new Kanye shot with Travis Scott, Washing This in the Blood better than the last Kanye, I guess. There's a new cut copy single, Cold Water. That sounds pretty pleasant. I was into it. Uh, promising for the whole album. That single isn't, you know, for me, but if there's an album like that, there could be some good stuff on it. There's a new Bill Callahan single from Smog. It's called Pigeons, and it's really weird and interesting, and I strongly recommend it. Uh, the first line it is, hello, I'm Johnny Cash, and it ends with, sincerely, L. Cohen. <laughs> and it's a really great sort of story song, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, then there's a new Anderson Pock single, Lockdown. Somebody recommended that to me, and they're like, I think this is the first song that truly captures the protest movement. And I was like, I think they're right. It's it's great. And that really, like, 10 sent me in this tailspin. I'm like, oh, my God, that guy went to all the protests, and he, like, got so he was productive, and he made this whole song in like the last month it's amazing how does he function like that and really made me question my my ability to get shit done a new act on ghostly called tobacco and they have a single out that's a cover of eric carmen's hungry eyes which is actually pretty good but then my friend michael Murata noticed that the lead eric carmen is like a total maga trump head <laughs> on the internet and so i was like oh well, that's a bummer okay poor guy in tobacco like you cover eric carmen and eric carmen turns out to be a trump guy so <laughs> cringe uh, then there's a new Soccer Mommy EP called Soccer Mommy and Friends. And there's a new single or the single off of that called Indie Rockers that I really, really enjoyed. And then there's Thor and Friends. Thor is that guy with the long hair that plays the crazy drums in all the bands with the big drum, like in the swans and shit like that. Right. He's that guy. He's Thor. <laughs> he's awesome. Uh, and I follow him on Twitter and he's amazing. And he's got a project, like a musical project called Thor and Friends. And he just gets friends of his to make songs with him. And the new one is Thor and Friends with Julie Holland, Jolie Holland and Low. And it's really good. Mystery Train Lower Remix. Strongly recommend. And then Tara Jane O'Neill, uh, she's a singer-songwriter. I think she's from Austin, too. I've been listening to her for ages, and she's got a new single, Cover a Cruel Summer. That was really awesome. Mount Erie's got a new single, really noisy thing. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that long, noisy, dirgy song towards the end of In the Airplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. It was really good. It's called Of Pressure. New Wire single called 1020. Didn't really do it for me, but I'm excited for the record. New Joji single called Gimme Love. I didn't realize how popular Joji was until I read this long expose article about K-Rock this week. And uh, he's like number five on their playlist. I thought Joji was like an obscure thing, but I don't really know much about Korean hip-hop artists. You know what I mean? But I like Joji and I like that single. So that was good. 
new idol single grounds that sounds really good if that's from a new album that'll be really exciting no joy uh which is sort of a space rock band new single called nothing will hurt which i liked but i barely remember there's a new yellow single which is pretty exciting i think i read that it is a first single from a new album so that's exciting i really i'm a giant yellow fan i was a yellow fan before oh yeah <laughs> my friend dylan wallace really got me into uh, you gotta say yes to another excess and solid pleasure back in the old days and then the one with oh yeah came out stella and i really love that record and i love all the other songs on it like you gotta see us era like desert inn and caladiola and let me cry and clo virt and then you know later on when they had a hit another hit with one second into that stuff but kind of lost track of them didn't realize they're still making music so i'm very excited i enjoy wabaduba <laughs> it's a really weird single and i'm excited if that means there's a whole new album uh, Neon Hitch, singer-songwriter, pop sort of not super popular, but definitely like in the, you know, top 40 realm. I met her ages ago at Tom and Jerry's through some friends, so I've sort of been following her career, and she's got a new single called Colors, which I thought was pretty good. There is a new Pink Floyd mix of money. It's called the early mix. I can't tell the difference from the old mix of money, so if you like money, listen to it. There's a new killer single, My Own Soul's Warning. I think that is from a forthcoming album, and it was solid, and I'm into it. Uh, but even more so, there's a new Dove single called Carousels that is also from a forthcoming record, and I am so excited. I've been thinking about the Doves a lot, thinking about Doves a lot lately, and I've been listening to their old music, and I, I think I mentioned you guys, I got them all on vinyl. And man, that's exciting. New Doves record. That's going to be great. John Prine is his last single. I remember anything, everything, his biggest hit ever. Oh, look, the baby's up. And it was fantastic. And I've been listening to it a ton as I have also been listening to the new Bob Mould single, American Crisis, which is like a creed occur about the situation in America and is very solid and very punk. Yeah. So that's a lot, man. I've been listening to a lot of music, a lot of music. Well, I've really pushed things. It's actually Friday. I'm trying to do this a day early. Uh, so I started kind of late because I had a lot to do today. And it turns out Jane's already awake. Jane, can you say hi? Hi. She's like, I was talking to you guys and I could hear this voice outside the door. And I was like, well, I want to go see my daughter. So I paused and went out there. And she wasn't with mommy. She was just at the bottom of the stairs at the gate. And it looks like she had come down to look for me. So I thought I'd go get her. Bottle. Bottle. Well, I think I'm going to break this up into two days, guys, and I will pick this up people. with people, people. Uh, I'll pick, I will pick this up tomorrow with the TV and the movies. Uh, yeah. Thanks for bearing with us with our little Jane break. Say bye-bye, Jane. Say bye-bye, Jane. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's the next day. How's it going? Uh, I'm pretty hungover. My mother-in-law, Janet, took Jane last night, so I got to stay up late, and I did some Zooming with some friends, and I drank too much on the Zoom while listening to Chris Ewan do a DJ set on Twitch, and Emma was playing some Animal Crossing. Oh, man, yeah. Man, I'm hungover. I'm out of breath just from saying that sentence, so that's rough. But uh, it was so cute. Like, Jane just, like, it was like she was going away to camp or something. She was so excited to go to Grammys, and she packed up, and... She like let me give her ten kisses, one kiss, two kiss before she left, and she was so happy. And Janet said she was just such a little darling for her, so that's nice. Everybody got a nice vacation from Jane, even though she's she's pretty great. Uh, yeah, so here it is Saturday now, uh, and I'm gonna finish this. There's not really not much left. I finished Westworld. It got less good towards the end. <laughs> the plot got really muddled. 
and really confusing and I don't really get exactly how it all worked but uh, it was also kind of weird because there was a bunch of riots and the president invoked the Insurrection Act and I was like wow they filmed this like a year ago and it aired like nine months ago and everybody that watched it when it first came out had no inkling that that was just basically what the country was going to be like in a few months and so when I was watching it after that I was like Ooh, yeah, this feels a little too real. This is this is a little painful. Uh, yeah, and then I we are watching finish the first season of Succession. Uh, I started it without Emma when she was working her eighty hour weeks and working all night every night, and because she didn't want to watch it, so I was like, all right, I'll watch it without her. At first, I hated it, and now I kind of enjoy it. Once I realize it's more like The Office than a drama, it's like kind of a satire comedy <laughs> mostly, although it's got some serious bits, obviously. Uh, and it's, it's business mechanics are decent there. There are, you know, it's got a few flaws here and there and that business flaws irk me in TV shows and movies a whole lot, like the way the boards work and stuff like that. But broadly speaking, actually, this one's working pretty accurately. Uh, and then in the middle of it, we paused uh, we, when we were watching the finale the other night, Em and I, you know, it's very obviously Rupert Murdoch and the Fox Corporation, but I was like, well, it's a little bit of Viacom as well. And she's like, what? And so we paused and I spent a half hour explaining to her Sumner Redstone and Sherry Redstone and the drama and the, the Redstone family and Les Moonves getting me tooed and Sumner Remstone's uh, Machiavellian second wife and all that weird shit. I don't know what you know about it, but I explained it all to Emma and she was, I'd never heard any of it. And she was like, oh my God, this is nuts. So yeah, you know, it's kind of like 50% Viacom and 50% News Corp in succession, but I'm enjoying it. We'll watch the other season this week, I think. But that's really all we've done for TV. And I watched one movie this week. I watched Silent Running, which is like a 1971 sci-fi movie, sort of with a, a soundtrack with Joan Baez songs in it, folk songs, and with a environmentalist theme to it. Uh, and, you know, it, it's... Uh, directed by the visual effects director in 2001 and the consultant for star trek the motion picture and blade runner and you can really tell the model's really good it's kind of the science is kind of bad it's a very slow movie it same suffers from the same stuff as uh star trek the motion picture where it's just like very slow it's only 90 minutes and it still drags but it was worth seeing and i'd never seen it uh so you know i feel good about that i'm trying to watch some old Sci-fi I've never seen before, 13th Floor I'm going to watch, and Astronaut's Wife. I don't know. I saw. Oh, when we were watching the Galaxy Quest documentary, they mentioned these movies. So I was like, wow, I haven't seen any of those. I should watch them. So I'm working my way through those. And then in books, uh, I'm reading those N.K. Jemison Broken Earth series. I'm on the last one, Stone Garden. I'm almost done. I would have finished it last night if I didn't go drinking and zooming. But uh, I really enjoyed them. I'm glad to be done. I'm getting a little, like, you know, I read three books in a row, the same thing. Whenever I do that, read trilogies unbroken. I'm always petering out towards the end. Happened with the three body problem books, too. But, uh... They're good, man. I enjoyed these books. They they really hit the spot. And my friend Amelia originally recommended them to me, so thank you, Amelia. That was pretty awesome. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to wrap this up. I don't feel like talking about projects today, mainly because I'm not doing anything with them. So, uh, you know, and this has gone long enough for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. Check in in a couple weeks. Hopefully I won't be hung over and I'll be doing some awesome project and I'll be feeling accomplished. Have a lovely 4th of July weekend. I'll talk to you guys soon.
Oh, I put the headphones on her. She's enjoying it. Say other things too. Yeah. 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 Say yeah. hi, mommy. Hi, mommy. <laughs> Do you want dinner? <laughs>